wonder. Oh, wonder. We are going to be talking for the next several weeks on Oh, wonder, the wonder of Christmas. Today, I want to start with the story of Nicodemus. Nick at night. The place was Jerusalem, and Jesus was on the scene. People were talking. The Roman authorities were troubled. The religious leaders were confused. The fishermen were intrigued. Disciples were starting to be made, and the children were curious. Nicodemus, leader of the Jews, he was an important person. He was a VIP of his day. He needed to know. Nicodemus needed to know. He's like, I, I, I can't tell who this person is. I can't figure out who this Jesus guy is, but I cannot deny his miracles. The miraculous catch of fish. After weeks of not enough fish and a whole day of, 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 of nothing, I mean, I've never seen like anything or heard anything like that before. The water into wine at the wedding that I heard about, I don't even understand because, because most people, they wait until the very end and then they, they take out the, the poor wine, the poor tasting when people aren't, you know, kind of quite themselves anymore. And, but, but this in this situation, it was the best wine at the end, and I come to find out that there were barrels of water that Jesus turned into wine. I don't understand that. And then there's Mary, who was full of demons, and then suddenly she's free. And I, I, I'm not, I don't know how to compute this, so there must be something significant about this man. But who is he? Nick had to know. He couldn't settle his wondering. I wonder, I wonder who he is. I wonder what this means for us. I wonder, is he the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, the one we've been learning about, the one I've taught about? But he couldn't just meet up with Jesus. I mean, Nicodemus was a prestigious leader. He was a teacher. He was known in society. He had high rank among the Jewish people. Rome was already hot on this new guy's trail. The Pharisees did not like him. What would they think if a fellow Pharisee, Nicodemus, was having a one-on-one -on -one with this trouble-causing, risk-taking, miracle man from Nazareth? He couldn't risk an open day meet up. It had to be done at night. So Nick works his connections and he figures out a way to meet up with Jesus. And Jesus agrees. His guys are worried though. These fishermen that left him to follow, that left fishing to follow him, the disciples that he was forming and making, they were like, Jesus, what if this is a setup? What if, what if they're going to corner you? And what if they're going to come against you? And then, and then Rome is going to, like, what if they're going to arrest you? Like, like we, 
And, and Simon, if you know anything, if you want to learn anything about Simon, he was always the fighter. And he was always just looking for, you know, a, a, a match. And he was like, I'm going to go with you, Jesus. And I'll bring my sword. And we got this. And, and Jesus is like, it's fine, Simon. It's fine. I'm going to meet. So they meet. And they talk. And we're going to watch this video clip uh, of the chosen scene, one of the scenes with Jesus and Nicodemus. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then they were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin, from spiritual death. God loves the world in this way, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. And here you are. The healer. I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. John 3, verse 1. Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God, for no one can do these signs unless God is with them. Jesus answered him, I assure you, unless a person is born again, he can never see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb again? Jesus said, I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised, astonished at my telling you. The wind blows where it wills, and though you hear its sound, you neither know where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
Nicodemus asked, how can this all be possible? Nick started his, his night meetup under this cover of darkness because he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to let everyone know what he was really wondering. The inside thoughts, the constant plaguing and the wonderings, the questions. He wasn't ready for the spotlight that was on Jesus to shine a little bit on him as well. See, God was taking Nicodemus on a journey. It had started long before this moment, but it was, it was coming to a point in his life. So this famous, esteemed member of the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin was the Jewish ruling council. This, this famous Nicodemus is actually mentioned three times in the Bible. Each time revealing the progression of his spiritual journey. The first time, He's mentioned is Nick at night, where he is the private truth seeker, as we just saw. The second time he's mentioned, it's completely different. So a little bit of time has passed, and he's not sneaking away under the cover of night anymore. Instead, he's at daytime, and the stakes are high. See, there's been a little bit of commotion going on. Jesus is causing some uh, little bit of chaos in the city. It's turned upside down and people are choosing sides and they're forming alliances actually. They're building belief systems. The Pharisees are literally losing their minds and the crowd just wants more, more, more. They're lining up. They want more of his miracle working power. They want more of freedom and deliverances and healings and things like that. They, they, th this, is, this is a crazy time in history. And Jesus is teaching in the temple and he's making grand statements about, about being from God and heaven and all that because some time has passed now and, and the crowd is just eating it up. They just want it. And the, but the Pharisees, they can't take it anymore. They don't know what's going on. So they, they team up with the high priest and they, they, they team up with, with some of the council and, and the police and they say, you need to go and arrest this man. This man that's making, you know, all these uh, assumptions and making all these grand statements. Jesus begins making these bold statements saying that he's living water and about never thirsting again. And the crowd begins to call him the prophet. He's the prophet. He's the Messiah. And then other people are like, no, not a chance. There's no way he's the prophet. There's no way. He's, in, he's in from Bethlehem. And, and didn't someone say he lives in Galilee? And, and, and then the crowd splits and, and someone his arrest and others just want all of him. And it's causing so much confusion in this city. So the, the police are seeing all of this. So they go and they report back to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are like, I know. That's why I sent you to arrest him. Why didn't you arrest him? What are you waiting for? But they're like, well, haven't you heard him, though? It's like there's just something about him. We couldn't, we, we just couldn't do it. We just, this is just way too much. The Pharisees are, you guys, 
you guys are getting sucked into the whole thing, like the crowd, and it's all nonsense anyway. Of course, of course the crowd's going to believe. They're ignorant of God's law. They don't know it like we know it. We've been teaching our whole lives. We are the religious leaders. This man is clearly a crazy man, and, and now you're gullible just like the crowd and, and easily swayed. So um, go arrest him. This is where Nick shows up, his second mention in the Bible, his part two of three. In John chapter 7, verse 50, he says, Then Nicodemus, who came to Jesus before at night and was one of them, asked, Does our law convict a man without giving him a hearing and finding out what he has done? Just like that, short and sweet, bold, but risk, risk taken, a bold truth. So Nick, in this moment, he moves his status of what he was to, to from this private truth seeker to influential leader. He's on this journey and God is, is pushing him more towards and calling him more towards his heart. So now he's within his realm. He's within his sphere of influence. He's with his people and he takes a stand. For what he knows. He's now ready to use the position that he's been living in, that he's been operating in, to, to impact a culture. So Nick at night changed to Nick at noon. High time influence. Speaking in this prime gathering of important people in his defense and for the defense of Jesus. This pushes Nicodemus even further into the calling of the Lord, which is on his life. At this point, it doesn't seem like he has a relationship. It doesn't seem like he is quite like a full believer, but he has definitely been moving on a journey. So he takes a stand for what's right, and he comes to a place of resolve. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Maybe he is the Messiah. He at least deserves a fair chance. Maybe he is who he says he is. And then some life happens and time begins to move forward. And there is a lot that I'm not going to talk about today. But it's there in your Bible for you to read on your own time. But it brings us to the third and the final mention of Nicodemus. This is after Jesus dies. So it comes to a point in history where Jesus is nailed to that cross. And then he is placed in a tomb. So it's been a minute. It's over. And Nicodemus is there. Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate, could he have Jesus' body taken down from the cross and could he put him in his own personal tomb Pilate agrees so he takes him down and he carries him to the tomb this brings us to John chapter 19 verse 38 it says after this Joseph Arimathea disciple of Jesus but secretly for fear of the Jews asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus and Pilate granted him permission so he came and took away his body and Nicodemus also, who had first come to Jesus by night, came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing a hundred pounds. 
So they took Jesus' body and they bound it in linen cloths with the spices. So is the Jews' customary way to prepare for burial. There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. And in the garden, a new tomb, which no one had ever been laid yet. So there, because of the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus. This was bold. For Nicodemus, this was bold. He's not hidden anymore. He's out in public. He is standing there. He is helping take Jesus' body down and, 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 and bring it and, and provide the spices for the burial. He moves into a position of public defender of Jesus for the world to see. At this point, he's like, I'm all in. The Nick at night to the Nick at noon to the Nick for the world to see. I'm a believer. Nick was not just a high-ranked religious man which he was, but he wasn't only that. He wasn't just an influential teacher of his day, but he was that. He was also very wealthy. And you can see that in this because he, he, of what he brought to the table here. See, in making this move to help Joseph, he made a bold statement of his decision to follow Jesus. He wasn't in the dark and he wasn't just in a private sphere of his own people. But now he was out in public for everyone to see. And then he put his money where his mouth was. A hundred pounds for spices for the body. Pope Benedict XVI in his book Jesus of Nazareth said this, he said, the quantity of the balm is extraordinary and exceeds all normal proportions. This is a royal burial. It was a lot. Nicodemus, private truth seeker, influential leader, public defender. The journey the Lord took him on. See, this, this short and sweet message this morning, though barely scratching the surface of the depth of Nicodemus' journey, has the potential to go deep in us as we take time to process his journey, his beginning, his steps, and his discovery. Because I wonder if sometimes as life comes along, it's all the time, I believe, but especially in the Christmas season, that our roads lead us to places, but we don't always intentionally choose the road. We end up on a road that leads us to a destination but we didn't necessarily choose the road. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a research from a Harvard professor, Gerald Atman, and he says that four to six percent of our decisions are made consciously. Did you hear that? Four to six percent of decisions we make on a daily basis are made consciously. The other 94 to 96 percent of decisions are made subconsciously. 
This means 95% of our decisions are made without intentional thought and 5% only are made with our free will where we focus in and we're like, I'm doing this specific thing for this specific purpose. The subconscious is the part of your mind that notices and remembers information when you're not actively trying to do it, right? It just, it's just there. And this influences your behavior even though you don't realize it. So it's, it's just like a collection of all the things that we've experienced and known and understand and things like that. And then we just make these decisions that we don't even realize we're making just because it's just who we are, it's what we do. And we're just kind of like floating through the rhythm of our life that we've created that we don't really realize we're operating in and we're just doing the rhythm. It's mostly what rules our life. Isn't that a little scary? <laughs> this means we have to be intentional. More than ever, we need to take the time to choose to seek the Lord and invite him into the thing and invite him and the things of the Lord into our daily routines that will guide us to him not inadvertently away. So if I am filling my life with the things of the Lord, then when my subconscious makes decisions for me, they will direct me to the Lord. If I am filling my life with things that aren't of the Lord, then when my subconscious makes decisions, it will inadvertently direct me away from the Lord. So although we are wired a certain way and it happens, we still can take it in our hands as we choose what we fill our lives with and then what we walk out our lives in. Nicodemus was drawn by this voice inside of him at this time and the teachings he had learned and taught his entire life. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, there was a draw to this mystery man. But what Nicodemus didn't do is he didn't just wonder and then stop. He wondered and then he moved. He went and he intentionally arraigned a meetup in the dark. And then he asked questions. What does this mean? Who are you really? Help me understand. And then he listened to God, the, the, the man God who came to earth, explained it all, the whole message of truth in this meetup and, and the power that was available to transform Nicodemus's life, to bring him into purpose, to bring him into destiny and the life that he was meant to live, to fill the void. This is why I believe that we have the opportunity to go as deep as we want today. Because it's not forced on us. It's free. So this is the questions that I would like for us to ask ourselves this morning. Number one, what truths am I keeping under the cover of darkness? It's like I'm interested, but I'm not fully convinced. Because you can know God, and then you can know God. Number two, what level of influence am I stopping at? 
I'll take a stand for Jesus, but only under certain conditions and with in smaller capacities or with certain people. What level of influence am I stopping at? And number three, am I fully in? Am I intentional? Am I focused? Am I filling my life with the right things so my subconscious makes the right decisions and guides me the right way? Am I a bold follower? Am I a laid down lover? When I'm by myself at home and when I'm in a public sphere, when I have the microphone and when I'm one-on-one, what does my life say? How am I living it? So the call today is to allow Jesus to draw you to that encounter, to draw you to that meet up with him so he can reveal himself fully into a greater encounter with him. See, what's perfect about this is that it doesn't matter where we are in our journey with him and what space we find ourselves in, there's always more. And that's what's so beautiful about this because if you don't know him, you've known him a short time or you're a veteran. You're like fourth generation Christian spirit filled. You bought the t-shirt, you know, you, you tattooed the dove, you know, you have every second sentence is a prophetic word here, there, you know. You're, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. There's always more. More experience, more surrender, more freedom, more adventure. This Christmas season, let's start in the wonder of the more. Why don't you stand this morning? I'm going to close. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to close us out in prayer this morning. But after I close, you are, you are going to be free to go. But if you want prayer ministry for any, anything This morning, I'm going to have our ministry team actually come right now and just stand up here so that when I say the amen, some will go and some will come and you can be free to do that. But if our ministry team can come, our prayer team, and stand up here. God wants you to experience the fullness of him. And he wants you in this Christmas season to experience the peace that passes all understanding in the middle of everything that's happening. The first thing I want to ask is everyone just kind of closes their eyes this morning. Is if you're here and you're like, "Ah, I haven't even started my journey with with Jesus. I'm kind of like Nicodemus at the very beginning. I don't even know him. Then this is your opportunity to start. So if you're here this morning and you would say, you know what, Renee, I feel like I just need to enter a relationship with Jesus. This is my time. Then could you just raise your hand so I could I know who to pray for this morning? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. You can put your hand down. If you're here this morning, you're like, I I know him, 
but I don't know if I've given everything. I don't know if I'm where I want to be. I feel the draw of the Spirit of God leading me to more. Can you just raise your hand to let me know who to pray for? Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Father, I thank you for this beautiful group of people this morning. I thank you for those that are here today that says, yes, I want to know Jesus. I don't know him, but in this moment, I want to know him. I pray right now that you would flood their heart, that you would fill every space, that you would come in in a way that they've never experienced before and that you would make yourself known to them, that instantly the light would come on and the peace would surround them and cover them. In Jesus' name. I thank you for those that are like, I just want I just want more. I want to be led into a deeper encounter with the Lord. I want to be a bold risk taker of him. I want to live my life completely. And in this season, I want to, I, I want to chase my wonderings of the encounters with the Lord. And I want to experience him more than ever before. I pray that as, as they reach out to you, that you would be found by them in a powerful way. I pray even that you would take us into dreams and visions. That you would take us when we're sleeping at night into new experiences with you. I pray that you would take us into deeper depths as we're home by ourselves and in that quiet time with you. That you would expand the, the portals of heaven. That you would open them up to access to you. That you would take us into realms that we haven't experienced before. That you would release something powerful in our lives. God, I thank you that you have not just called us just to know you but to know you fully so father would you take us further in your name this morning we love you we love you in Jesus name amen